going to help me do this, but I, I'll put this just, just come to mind, so I'm just a bit mischievous. But we have an international speaker in our midst today, Julia. <laughs> yeah, she'll hate that, she'll hate that. So, so we, we bless, bless the word that's come in and through Judy. Lord, I pray that you would use, use Judy as a vessel to actually just speak into our hearts, speak into our lives, change those desires within us if they're not of you, and Lord, help us be further aligned to your purposes and your cause in our lives. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Morning, family. Morning. 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 We were back there. <laughs> Long way off. Long way off your seats. Praise God. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence with us. Holy Spirit, we, we just are aware of your presence. We honor your presence. And we thank you for your presence with us. You promised God you never to leave us alone. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to live amongst us. You would continue to speak to us, challenge us, stir us, move us. And just meet with us this morning, that it isn't just another word, but you do a work inside each one of us, through your spirit, through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is good to be here. I feel like I've been away more than I've been here lately, but it is always a joy to be here with you. Um, I, I was listening to a talk on that, that let my story bring you glory the other day. And, and it challenged me, because the devil doesn't get glory in our story. Man's not going to glory in my story. The only person that gets glory from my story is God. Amen? Yes. And we do have to change the narrative over our lives to make sure God gets the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So God get the glory this morning in Jesus' name. It's all about him. Hallelujah. And yes. um, we've heard over the last couple of weeks, love talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, Pastor Paul came and spoke on Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. Yeah? Who was here for that? Did you hear that? Just awesome word in our everyday lives. The Spirit is with you, in you, on you, so that you can be good news in your everyday lives. Yeah, you don't have to go to the nations, you don't have to be on a crusade. You just walk around meeting Jesus. Yeah, to be good news, to be kind. Amen. It's a great word. And then Pastor Rob last week spoke on on the gifts, on how how the Holy Spirit that God has given each one of us a gift. Amen. No one's left out. It's a great word again, and I'm kind of like Lord. I, wanna, I don't want to take away, I don't want to divert from that. How do I build on that? And what God was speaking to me was from um, the book of Jeremiah. So can you turn to the book of Jeremiah? I trust you've all brought your Bibles with you. If you haven't got one, you want one, there are some at the back. Um, if you're a visitor, put your hand up, someone will grab one for you. Jeremiah chapter 18. I know it's a well-known story, but it's one that God led me back to and spoken to me through. Um, chapter 18, just verses 1 down to verse 12. And we're going to read it. I haven't got a long word this morning, um, so I'm going to read this scripture because it's so good. Jeremiah 18. And my Bible says, take the potter and the clay. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he had made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. 
And the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster. Um, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, That is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans, and we will every one obey the dictates of his evil heart. I haven't read that for a long time. And God drew it to me, um, really just out there, originally first, first verse, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Um, and Jeremiah here, he's a young man, I'm not going to preach on this very long that, but it's just for the God's form to me. Jeremiah was a young man who was called as a youth, as a prophet, yeah? To speak the heartbreaking message to the stiff-necked people of Israel, yeah? A young guy, you want to be a prophet? <laughs> I don't think Jeremiah would have chosen that path, really. So they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. And for 40 years, he suffered persecution and rejection from his own people. And yet you still see that heart of compassion coming through. And he longs that they would repent and turn fully back to God. How many of us are crying out for England? How many of us say, would you hear? the word of the Lord. Would you see his hand coming off this nation? And he is calling us to repent. We've heard it time and time and people. If England, if you would turn. But it's like they fall on their face. But we're praying, aren't we? And believing for a turning back to God in this nation. He was longing for a surrendering. God is longing for a surrendering of his people that he created, that he loves. To his will. And to avoid the calamity that will come if they stay in rebellion. And here God uses in this, 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 this scripture an ordinary part of life, just as Jesus did He so many times. He chose something practical to speak to. And here we've got the potter sitting at the pot, potter's wheel, which would have been a part of their everyday life in order to bring what was an extraordinary message to the people. And I did ask someone that I knew to have a potter's wheel and they haven't got it anymore in my room because I would have loved to have had a potter's wheel here this morning. And it was the phrase that go to the potter's house that first got my attention. And even through that, God was like, sometimes you need to position yourself to hear. Sometimes God says, get up and position yourself because I want to speak to you. And I'm kind of that in my life, like, I'm with God, like, like, I want to make a, an effort, I want to intentionally position myself to hear from you. And how many of God wants to speak to us? Yeah? We're a sheep, we hear his voice. And he wants to speak to us. There's a repositioning to hear. And maybe even some of us this morning, you need to just shift a position in order to hear from the Lord. Whether that's just making time for God, making a place to go specifically to hear from him. But be intentional in the church. 
Give your heart out here and say, God, well, be intentional. God, I want to hear from you. I'm setting aside this half hour in the morning, or this 20 minutes, or 10 minutes, or I'm setting aside this place where I go here for me in the bath. Good place, go in the bath. No one else can come here. Yeah? But intentional. I want to hear from you, God, what you want to speak to me. <coughs> Arise and go. And I believe this is a season when all of us, all of us, all the church, we need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear the now word from the Lord. And be where he needs to be, not walking according to our own plans, yeah? And our own thinking, amen? I'm in that place, and I know we all are. So we are but, sorry guys, but we are but simple jars of clay. So you can remind your neighbor, just tell them, we're just a simple little jar of clay this morning. You're just a simple little jar of clay. Two Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in what? In jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Amen. That's what it's about. Simple jars of clay are formed from what? In the dust and the dirt. And they're used in the ordinary everyday life. And that reminds me just of, of Paul's message, you know, in the everyday life, God wants to use you. In everyday life, everyday conversation, in your workplace, in your family, he wants you to pour out. Yeah? He wants to work through you. He wants the all-surpassing power to be shown through you in your everyday life. Little clay pots don't stand out. Is anything amazing? Nothing on the outside to say they're incredible. But what they carry on the inside that makes them so valuable. I've got a little, um, should have bought that, and a little clay um, um, oil lamp from Israel. When you use it going to Israel, you'll go to house with and, and you'll come back with a basket. But they're all chucked together in a big box. They're nothing special. They're just little clay pots. But boy, does that little clay lamp speak to you if you've got it up in your room. Because it's what it signifies and what's in it that brings me life to the whole house. Yeah? It's just a little cheap clay pot. But it, it contains something that God can use. You and I are meant to carry the all-surpassing power of the one that we love. We're meant to carry that power, Christ in us, yeah? We're containers of his glory, containers of his love, containers of his compassion and of his mercy to be poured out for his glory. That's what it's about. That's what you are. That's what we're called to do. To pour it out see his kingdom come and his will done in King's Winford in the nations on the earth. Amen? I know you know this, but sometimes it's just good to remind ourselves. Otherwise we get puffed up or we get concerned with all this stuff and I'm like, do you know what you need to do? a little clay pot and it's about who's in me. At the potter's house we see Jeremiah sees that ordinary scene there. It's a potter and he's working with some clay to produce a pot of some sort. And when the potter wasn't pleased with the results, when there was a mar in it or the clay wasn't working, he just started again, moulding and shaping the clay into a whole other pot that pleased him. And the clay in this account represents Israel. We know that. And through Jeremiah, God speaks to Israel, or house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. And God is reminding Israel of his sovereignty. I'm God. I'm God Almighty, sovereign God, and I hold you in my hand. And he can do whatever seems best to him, because he's God. Israel is made of a people, and I believe that they can also represent you and me. God doesn't change, amen? 
Thank God for Jesus. But God hasn't changed. Out of nothing, God made the clay, and out of the clay, who does he make us? The pottery belonging to the Lord. And we do well to remember, and I'm reminding myself, that he is sovereign, and I belong to him. We, as those simple clay pots, are his possession. I'm no longer my own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says this. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God. It's all from Him. And you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're here to glorify God, these little clay pots. That's what I am. Simple pot belongs to God. Ephesians 2.10, and I think this was quoted the other week, for we have his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So how does God mold us and shape us? Through his word, God made people, the word, and the spirit. I love when a potter is constantly has to throw water on the clay if you wash it, because it's got to stay mold, got to stay pliable and moist, and it's the same with us. What do they say? All word, you dry up, all spirit, you blow up, you need the word and the spirit to stay in that place where God can mold us and shape us. He molds us and shapes us through trials, as we said this morning, trials that we all go through. He, he molds us and shapes us through your everyday ups and downs of life, sometimes through disciplining us. The children of Israel complained, bitterly, and murmured constantly. And they just stubbornly refuse to repent. But how often do we quote Romans 8.28? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, we quote that so often and it's true. Is it easy? No, it's a journey. But we can live in a place where, as we said this morning, we know that God works through all things, through every circumstance he will use, to mould us, to shape us, to mature us, to discipline us, amen, to mould out those tough stones that are in there. I can testify that to walking with the Lord for years and years. Moulded and shaped. So let's not complain about circumstances, church, but seek the Lord when we're in them, recognising his sovereignty, and allow him to use every circumstance to mould me and us and shape us, amen. And the potter represents God. And he can make, he's God, he can make any vessel he wants to make, because he's God. Yeah? The potter doesn't say to the maker, excuse me, I want to be this. The clay doesn't say to it, yeah? Well, excuse me, I want to be a secret. Well, excuse me, I want to be it. No. It's the potter makes whatever vessel he wants to make. The destiny of that clay is in the potter's hands. And my destiny is in the potter's hands. And your destiny is in the potter's hands. He works it and he breaks down those hard lumps. And if the clay will stop and refuses to be shaped and molded, then he'll just start again. Thank you to Jesus that we have chance after chance after chance after chance because we stand up, don't we get it wrong. But God still expects at some point there'll be a need. Some point he'll stop suddenly refusing and yield to the 
Potter's hands. Because even though God is sovereign and he can do whatever he pleases, we read in verses 7 to 10 that, that God's heart is that Israel should turn back to him. He's not this dictator God. He is a God who has a heart of love for the people he created. He loves you and me passionately. And he longs that people should turn back to him. And he's an if, the ifs of God. If they repent and turn back to him, then he'll stay his hand, he'll relent of just a not worthy disaster. That's always the heart of God. Looking for repentance, turn back to me. Not out of false obedience. No, but because you recognize his sovereign God and he's a father God and he loves you. And he longs for you to turn back if he longs for Israel to turn back. God wanted Israel and he wants me and you to choose to love him above all else. Above all else, church. Because he's sovereign, holy God. He's not an equal to everything else where I'll fit you in him. No, he wants us to choose to love him above everything else. For him to become our highest priority, recognizing that we belong to him, purchased by the blood of Jesus. Amen. When I became a Christian, I gave my life to him. I don't agree when people say that you give your heart to Jesus. He wants your life. You don't invite Jesus into your heart. He gives you a whole new heart anyway. Your heart is sinking and rotten. He, he, he takes out and puts a new heart. He said, give him my life. I gave him my life, not just my heart. He wants all of us. He is almighty God. And he wants us to choose, as he did Israel, to be obedient lovers. Obedient because we're so caught up with the goodness of God, the glory of God, the faithfulness of God, the sovereignty of God, the glory of God. To love him. He's not after cold obedience, church. He's after lovers who say, like the sugar my woman, I have to have where I have to have the one my heart loves. To choose to pour out all that he has poured into us, which takes us back to the message last week. If God has given you a gift, use it for the glory of God. Get in that secret, position yourself. God, I want to hear that prompting. So when you say, you know, I've got that word of knowledge or I need to go and encourage that person, you do it. Yeah. Instead of sitting there procrastinating as it doesn't happen. But we pour out because we hear that voice, that nudge of the Holy Spirit. Because he's given you to bless, to bless others, to encourage others. Don't hold back. God doesn't leave Israel with that word of warning, but follows it with another invitation. Turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your words and your actions, verse 11. And I was reminded at that point, do you remember when Moses was in the rock and God passed by? What does he say? The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. I'm so glad he's my God. I'm so grateful he's not a dictator. I'm so grateful he puts up with my flaws and my imperfections and goes on molding me and shaping me and using every circumstance until I mature and become a pot that he can fill with his glory and I'm pouring out. The text does go on to say that he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Those who stubbornly refuse to repent. Let's not be those people fight with God, argue with God, and stubbornly refuse to turn. 
In spiritual terms, we are just these little vessels of clay. On the outside, as I've said, we're unremarkable, but on the inside, it's a different story. You and I are made to carry the power of the one we love, the one we live for. And that treasure within comes from God, not from us, as we keep hearing. We are nothing, he is everything. And that's not a, a, you know, a false goal. We are nothing, but he is everything in us, amen? Then he gets the glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And the Holy Spirit fills these pots of clay. And all we do then flows from him, through us, to the people in our sphere of influence as we heard the other week. You and I, you have a sphere of influence that I don't have. Every one of you has as a school game or a workplace or a, that we can't reach. You have a unique place that God has put you, and we've heard this a couple of weeks ago. That's your sphere of influence to pour out, to pour out what God has put inside of you. The love of God lives in us not because we're any better than anyone else. And we do well to remember that, church. Let's not think because we're Christians, we're better than anybody else. We're not. We just give thank God for his grace. Thank God he pulled down and that I need to hear. Amen. Those that haven't, God doesn't love any less than us. Let's not get puffed up because we belong to Jesus, but actually get slower. And let's serve. Let's serve and read the dirt for those who don't know him. Knowing that God loves them just as much and longing, it's longing that they would repent and turn to him. And he wants to use you to help that happen. Amen? Let that love, let the spirit and the word completely transform you. That's my prayer of you, Let it reshape you. Let it mold you until we have a revelation that it really is not about us, but about him. Though we don't say that or have it as a fridge accident, but actually becomes a reality, a revelation that affects our life. Surrendering to God's will is the only way to live. God wants to reshape us into vessels that will hold more of his glory. And he longs for us to know how different life can be when we are filled and poured out again and again and again. When you're pouring out, that's when you come alive. Amen. Not when you're sitting receiving, but when you're pouring out, when you're giving, you'll testify to that, you'll testify. When you're giving, when you're praying, when the Spirit's flowing, that's when you come alive. And God wants all of you to know what it is to come alive by moving and being those vessels that are just pouring out the treasure that God has put inside of you. So church, let each of us surrender. And that's a heart issue, because we can say it, but to do it, sometimes surrendering to God's plans and purposes isn't comfortable, because it wasn't my plans, God. It wasn't the way I saw my five-year plan going. Actually, life's quite nice now, but he's God, and my life belongs to him, and yours does too. So actually saying, I surrender God. Maybe you say, I can just say it as best I can, God, because until it hits, I don't know. But I want to be that person that surrenders to you, to your will, to your purpose, for your glory. To yield to the potter's hands. So that my story and your story will bring him glory. So that lives will be touched and transformed by the love of God expressed naturally through you and I as yielded vessels to the king. And remember, church, God is for us. God is for us. 
in all his might and all his power and his absolute right to do exactly what he wants to do. God is for us. There's an incredible verse in Isaiah 53, 33, 21, which I've never grabbed before, a little part of it in verse 21. It says, but there the majestic Lord will be for us. What a verse. There the majestic Lord will be for us. KCC, there the majestic Lord will be for us. Brian, there the majestic Lord will be for you. Jill, there the majestic Lord has been and will be for you. For every single one of you, if you're yielded and surrendered to his will, God is for you, church, and not against you. So that he gets glory. We are the pots, his possession, destined for his glory, in total dependence upon him. Know that the Lord is God. Yield, surrender to the potter's house. And remember, he loves to reshape us. He loves, he does it with such intensity and love. He speaks truth, but we believe lies. And so many people have believed the lies of the enemy. But he speaks truth. You think he can't change you? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. You think you've gone too far to be rescued? No, you haven't. No one has. You think you're too old? You're not. You're not. Don't write yourself off. Or you think you're too young to have to wait for well, Jeremiah? No, you're not. Nothing is impossible with God. And His love changes everything. So let's be church. Let's be people who are quick to repent, yield, fully surrendered to the will and the purposes of God. And as a response to that, I want to play a song. Uh, I didn't give the worship team time to, to learn it. And it's not a new one. But I want you to use this as a response because the words are so beautiful. Can you play it on the screen? The potter's hand, do you remember that? Yeah. Beautiful Lord, wonderful Saviour. Wonderful words. Make this your response before God. Don't sing it out from your mouth. You want to sit and listen, sit and listen. But make it a prayer. Make it your response. God, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to be yielded and fully surrendered to your will and purpose. Be your glory. Thank you.